A sales rep, an administrative clerk, and the manager were walking to lunch when they find an antique oil lamp. They rub it and a genie comes out. The genie says, I'll give you each just one wish. Me first, me first, says the administration clerk. I want to be in the Bahamas, driving a speedboat without a care in the world. Poof, she's gone. Me next, me next, says the sales rep. I want to be in Hawaii, relaxing on the beach with my personal masseuse and an endless supply of pina coladas and the love of my life. Poof, he's gone. Okay, you're up, the genie says to the manager. The manager says, I want those two back in the office after lunch. Welcome to the WTF IDK podcast, where we are owning the uncertainty of adulthood. I am your host, Chris, and together we will explore situations life throws at you and how to handle them like a badass. Please be sure to like, share, and subscribe to this podcast and follow us on all social media at WTF IDK pod. This is episode six. Why so serious? Okay, that was my best Heath Ledger impersonation. Um, may he rest in peace because he was awesome even before this movie. So with that anecdote for this week, I need a show of hands if you are so consumed with work that the only way you would get a vacation is if a genie came and granted you some wishes. If your hand is up, shame on you. Shame on you. You should not be the type of person that is so consumed with the everyday nine to five, whatever it is you do, that the only way you can get a slice of happiness is with an unrealistic scenario. The WTF jam of the week is a song that for, I think, every person that was alive in the 90s guarantees a smile on their face. It is one of the greatest songs, the greatest summer anthems of all time. And if you know me, you know I'm going to say it is Summertime by DJ Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh Prince. The song this week is getting us into the alignment of having fun and letting go and relaxing and and being free. And if nothing else, that song, I think for America is the quintessential summertime anthem. If it's May the 2nd and you play that song, you get, ah, yeah, from somebody because it pulls so many memories of when we first saw the video, how much we love the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air and how that song essentially narrates a lot of good summertimes for us. So for this week, that is our song because we're talking about having fun as an adult. Let's address today's paradigm shift. So we're talking about having fun while being an adult. And one of our major obstacles as adults is having the ability to provide for ourselves or whoever else we have to provide for. So that means we have to go to work and we have to make money, right? And many of us are under the misconception that the only way to ensure that we have progression in our workplace or promotion is that we physically have to be there. So today we're talking about the benefits of physically being at work 
versus taking a vacation. The misconception is if I get up and go to work every day, I'm closer to a promotion, I'm closer to making more money than I would be if I were to take those vacation days I'm required to have or get through my job. And that's not necessarily the case. So let's take a look at some data. Back in 2000, the average vacation days an adult would take was sitting around about 20 days a year. And some of those days were the required national holidays, and then some of those were PTO or paid time off type days. And I'm sure sick leave is dropped in somewhere in there. I don't know. And we're now currently in a place where instead of taking those 20 days, we've dropped all the way down to 16, about 16.2. So that means essentially the average is four days less than what it was almost 20 years ago. In fact, more than half of Americans vacation days that they leave unused every single year. So how many days are we talking? Is it just one or two? For each person, yeah, it's about one or two. But when you collectively add us up as a nation, it's about 658 million days that we're leaving unused essentially in a year. And unfortunately, some of those days are not the time that rolls over and accumulates. They're the use it or lose it days. And out of our 658 million, 222 million of them are lost forever. So that means the money that you were guaranteed to get just for existing in your job, you left it and gave it essentially back to your boss. So if we're looking at it in numbers, if we're looking at it in how it affects your bottom line, how it affects your pocket, your bank account, those 222 million days were worth $61 billion. So as a nation, we lost $61 billion in free time last year. In addition, another thing that we don't consider is how we vacation and how we spend our money affects the communities and the economies around us. So we're going on vacation, right? Essentially, when you go on a vacation, you go somewhere that's away from your home and you have to spend money to get there, right? So either if you're driving, you're using gas, if you're taking a plane or a train or a bus, that's um, transport, you have to pay to live somewhere. So that's a hotel or some sort of lodging of some sort. You have to purchase your food, whether you go to the grocery store to get it or if you're eating out in restaurants. If you're doing certain activities, you have to pay for those activities. You have to uh, pay for souvenirs. All of those expenditures are helping somebody's economy. Entire cities have been created exclusively for the purpose of tourism. So one of the big places I always think of is Disney World. Disney World did not always exist. Disney World used to be a swamp. So over there in the Kissimmee area, over in between where Orlando is, where Disney World is located, essentially there was nothing there. And currently there is nothing there but Disney World. But Disney World is so large and so massive, it's able to provide so many different people with a source of employment. And if you were to remove that attraction, it would be nothing there. So you may think that by staying at work throughout the summer, throughout the springs and fall, that you're proving to your boss that you are ready for a promotion and you are apt for a promotion. And that's not necessarily the case. In fact, you think you're making money or closer to making more money, but you're losing it. So how does this relate to our conversation of adults and fun? Well, before we can get into our conversation about how to have fun and what to do to have fun, you have to understand that you need to leave your job in order to do so.
So today on the show, I have Miss Monica with me. She is the host of You Want to Do What, one of my favorite podcasts to listen to. So hi, Monica. How are you? I'm doing well. So happy to chat with you today. I was looking forward to it. Oh, that makes me feel so special. (laughs) All right. So I generally have the same icebreaker that I use every single episode. It's my favorite icebreaker ever. So get ready. In the movie (laughs) of your life, what is the theme song? Oh, my gosh. I love this question. And I hate to say the first thing that popped into my mind because he's kind of like on the cancel list right now. Uh Uh-oh. Is it Kanye? I was going to say a Kanye song, but now I can't say Kanye. It's like Kanye's canceled. He ruined it for all of us. Well, is it old Kanye? Um, it's old. Of course, it's old Kanye. Yeah, you can't, you can't rock with new Kanye. Okay, if it's old Kanye, we might be able to let it slide. So what is it? So I love the song Ham. Mm-hmm. Watch the Throne with him and Jay-Z. Like, I honestly <laughs> think that's like one of my top five like hip-hop songs of all time. And I feel like it's just, all right, so this is kind of a little too cerebral for early in the morning, but just rock with me for a little bit. All right, I'm It with has you. so many things that are sort of happening within the song, like the melody changes, the way it sounds, like there's opera in it, there's all of that. And they're just going so hard with the lyrics that I feel like that would kind of be my theme song. Like it's just a combination of you're going to do something, you just do it all out. Yeah. And you make it so different that no one can predict what it's going to sound like. And I think that's just how I've tried to live my life. That's it. That is the perfect reason to use somebody that is canceled like Kanye. And I prefer to focus on the Jay-Z side. So since Jay's also on the song, we can maybe talk a little bit more about Jay than Kanye. So we'll say it's the Jay-Z song featuring Kanye from now on. (laughs) Exactly. All right. So take a, a few minutes and introduce yourself for those of you that, I mean, for those of the listeners that have not listened to your podcast yet. Sure. So I'm Monica. I'm the host of You Want to Do What, which is a weekly podcast, comes out every Wednesday on your favorite podcast player. And it is a show for people who are feeling stuck and want to reconnect to all those things they used to do before they became just a job title. And the show focuses more on who you are instead of what you do. And either through solo episodes or having various guests on the show, I like to talk about people who have lots of commas after their name. So they're not just their job, their parents, their uh, fitness enthusiasts, their travelers, their writers, their um, speakers. Like they do so many different things to show people that it's not just, you're not just one thing. Don't fall for the okie doke that you're just your job. Most definitely. And I think that's why I'm drawn to your podcast is because I feel from you what I hope that I'm putting out to the people. That's great. No, I appreciate you saying that. Um, I think for me, like I said, when I first started the show, it was really just for me because I was in a place where I was stuck. I knew that I didn't want to necessarily be doing what I was doing anymore. I had been in corporate America for 15 years, and at first it was fine. Like, it wasn't, I wasn't happy, but I was content. And you think, okay, well, it's called work. It's not called fun. I could rock (laughs) with content, right? But then it started to feel like I was wearing clothes that didn't fit anymore, and that's uncomfortable. Yeah. And I started to get a little bit more uncomfortable every day. And I said, I need to do something different. I have always liked podcasting, always wanted to start a podcast. And then eventually said, you know what? I'm just going to see what I have to say and teach myself how to do it. And that's how the show started. And that is almost 
straight online with what I started with. Essentially with me, it was just, I flopped from job to job or career to career. I have, I was going to medical school and then I didn't. And then I did medical research and then I stopped and then I started teaching and then I wanted to stop that. And so it's kind of like a, I don't know what I'm doing. So that's where WTF IDK came from because I have no idea what's going on and it's okay. I love the fact that you did that though, because if you think about it, a lot of people don't even do what you did. They would just say, you know what? I'm not committed to medical school. I'm just going to do that. Even though I know it isn't really what I want to do. I'm just going to stay and do it. But what you're doing is trying on different personas to see what, what feels right, what feels good to me. And if I don't like it, you're making the decision to say, I'm not going to do this and I'm going to try something else, which is what a lot of people don't do. Yeah, and it, I mean, it's definitely been a challenge. I won't say it hasn't been, but it's been an awesome experience because it's brought me to this point. Um, so, yeah, so let's go ahead and get into the topic. Today, we're talking about having fun as adults. The title is Why So Serious? You know, everybody <laughs> loved Heath Ledger as the Joker. And so my first question for you is this. You are definitely an advocate for playful adults. And we know that that is a struggle that we have as adults, why do you think we have such an issue with relaxing and having fun? I think that we feel that play is dedicated to kids. And there's this stigma that if you play and if you're playful or youthful or any of those things, there's some connection to that to immaturity. And I think that that's completely wrong because if you think about it, kids are having the most fun. Why do we tell kids, stay kids, like you have it so good, but yet when we get older, we don't want to have any of that fun anymore? Like it doesn't make sense when you stop to actually think about it. It's like, why wouldn't you want to laugh like a child? Why wouldn't you want to observe and be experimental and playful like a child does? Like these are all good things. If I could go back and be a kid, I think I might take that option and then just rock (laughs) with that and maybe start it over again. But, like, when I'm with my nieces in particular and I see how they look at things for the first time and how everything is just a joy, like, that's the places in me that I want to connect to. There's so much terrible, I don't know if I could curse on your show, so I won't, but there's so much (laughs) bad stuff that happens in life without us doing anything to interfere with it. There's unemployment. There's people that pass away. There's financial hardships. Why can't we just decide that we're going to try to create some space for ourselves where life feels a little bit lighter because all of that bad ish is going to happen regardless so let's just try to create some moments of fun and I think if we think about that like time is very finite it's not just for retirement because the truth is we might never get to retirement oh it's not just for uh, the holiday season again Something could happen and interfere with the holiday season. So what, fun is delayed until holiday season 2019 (laughs) or 2020? Like, I don't think we should structure our lives in that way. And I make it a point to not structure mine that way. And that is awesome. First of all, you can say whatever you want to say, how you want to say it. But um, (laughs) (laughs) we are often putting ourselves into a box, even with the play that we do have. Because generally... You know, if we're going back to how we feel as kids, oh, I can't wait till I'm an adult. I can't wait till I'm grown. I can go, you know, to the club or I can drink and I can do this. And that box is created and we stay there as adults. Because if you were to ask any 27-year-old 
what fun do they have on the weekend? Oh, I go to the club or I go drinking with my friends. And that is the extent of their activity. Right. And I remember listening to you talk about um, you were with your niece. And I want to say you guys were at a party. And you started chasing her around a pool table. Am I saying that right? <laughs> yes. At Dave and Buster's. At, da- at Dave and Buster's. <laughs> and it's kind of like what you mentioned about spending time with your nieces is how I feel about spending time with my kids. So when I actually let myself go and really forget that, you know, we have a bill due and we don't know where the money's coming from or, oh, God, I got to go to work tomorrow or whatever it is and just let it just loose. We have a great time. They look at me like, oh, who is this new lady that's not telling me, you know, to sit down or to use my fork? You know, it it changes relationships. So when you play with your nieces like that, have you noticed that the way they view you and the way they respond to you has changed? So I'll be honest. I don't think they've ever known me as anything other than that, to be honest. Because I've always made it a point to, I meet them where they are, as opposed to asking them to meet me where I am. Because they're young. One is six months and one is six years old. So she can't meet me at those places, right? (laughs) So I've always, since I was young, I've been in like these little tiny tents where like three quarters of my body are hanging out the tent. But she (laughs) wants me to get inside the tent, so I'm on the tent. Like, I got a big booty. I was riding in some wagon hoping that I didn't break the entire wagon because she's like, Fifi, let's go in this wagon. And I'm like, okay, that's what we're going to do. And I'm just not afraid to make myself feel foolish because that's going to be their happiness. And one of the things, so there's actually a study done that when kids are asked to imitate adults, the first thing they do is get really stiff in their posture, they stand up straight, and they put on a very serious face. And they start talking in a voice like that. And that's crazy if you think about it. It is. Because that's how they're seeing us. They're seeing like, okay, when I'm their age, this is what I have to do. I have to stiffen up my posture. I have to get very tense. And I have to be very serious. And I would say, of course, there's a time for to be serious and be responsible and have all those things. But I don't think it's mutually exclusive. You don't have to be one or the other. You can be all these things. Yeah. And it's. But it's hard sometimes. So I want you to kind of get into this mindset with me. We know as adults we have responsibilities. We have to, Mm -hmm. you know, keep the lights on, keep a roof over our head and sometimes several other people's heads. We have to buy food, cook food, clean, and do all of these things. And as a parent, I've heard other parents say, I'm too tired to X, Y, Z. So what tips would you have for someone who wants to let loose and have more fun, even if it's with their children or nieces or nephews or just with other adults? What tips would you have to give to them in regards to shedding that skin of responsibility and letting go? So I'm going to share something with you that I've never shared, not even on my own show, because I want people who are listening to this that say, like, oh, she has nieces, she's not a parent, it's not the same, she might not relate to it in the same way. So I've taken care of myself since I was 16 years old, like, taking care of myself and responsible for everything from finding a place to live to getting myself into college to paying for college to finding a job to keeping the roof over my head. All of those things have been just me. I don't have siblings. It's just been on me and not to get like too much into that. So I 100% know what it's like to have your back up against the wall 
were nothing but responsibilities coming to your face. So I want that to be clear for people that think I might not have walked in certain shoes. I absolutely have done that. But even while I was doing that, from my own personal sanity, the only way that I could actually survive and then thrive as a person was to create these moments for myself where it wasn't just that 24-7. Because if all I thought about were the burdens, the obligations, the fact that if anything went wrong, I would lose my apartment or anything else that I had, it wasn't going to work for me. It would have consumed me. And that could have manifested in depression or anxiety or any of those things. So for me, I would do things like take trips. I had a car. It was a janky hoopty. I had a bumper <laughs> tied up with some rope. Like, I'm so serious. It was a hoopty in every sense of the word. Then when I got my next car, I couldn't even drive that car to the dealership because I was like, they're going to take so much advantage of me if they see that I'm coming in with this hoopty. So I parked it three blocks away and I walked to the dealership <laughs> so they didn't know that that was my car. So I've been in all, all those places before. But what I would do is I would take my little hoopty and I would go on short road trips. So I'm from New York City. I would go to Boston. That's like two and a half hours away. I mm -hmm. could drive there. I would drive to Philly. That was an hour and a half away. Just getting out of my environment for even a small amount of time, I'm talking about day trips, was so beneficial to my mentality and my mental state going forward. Because it allowed me to see that where I am in this moment is not where I always will be. And just disconnecting from my environment and taking myself out of it in these short ways was so helpful for me. And those are the things that helped me put one foot in front of the other when things got really bad. So for people who want tips, I would say things like that, really small things that don't cost a lot. Go wherever your gas tank will take you. Find one of those buses, like in New York City, I'm sure they have them in other big cities. We have things called mega bus, and it's like $10 will take you from New York to Boston, or like 15 bucks will take you to DC. So any of those things, even looking out the window and seeing how a landscape changes from city to rural to suburban to back again, it does open up your mind and it gives you a little bit of separation from everything you have going on. And so that's like the biggest tip that I tell people when you just try in small bursts to create these spaces where it's not just the everyday struggle, you will want to create them over and over again. Yeah. And you have hit like several several points <laughs> in regards to how beneficial going out and having fun can be because currently we're in a situation just socially to where the world I feel is depressed there is yeah. something to bring you down enough to fall into depression and medication can't always fix it and many of us refuse to acknowledge the signs of depression and so a lot of people I've noticed, especially here, are seeking alternative methods to rid themselves of those ailments. So I notice a lot of people are getting into their spirituality, um, a lot of different holistic things. And I think fun gets removed from the equation. I guess if they're feeling that they're having a serious issue, there is a serious defined way to fix it. So if I'm feeling, quote unquote, sad, I need to go and seek medication or I need to go and seek this holistic and herbal uh, fix for it I guess 
rather than doing something as simple as you said, is going outside or noticing the difference between the city and the country. I mean, but where I live in Jackson, it's basically all country. <laughs> we, have, we have nothing but trees everywhere. <laughs> so um, that's actually some really, really good advice. I read an article yesterday that was talking about you could simply meditate by looking at the sky and watching the clouds go by and yeah. just noticing the difference in the clouds and how everything is moving, but everything is staying still is something that can center you. Absolutely. I would say this to your point about medication, hundred percent agree. I also think that the setup is also in people wanting us to spend money. And it's structured in a way that it's like, oh, you're so stressed. Why don't you go buy this item that'll yeah. make you feel better? Buy the clothes, buy the bag, buy the shoes. That doesn't make you feel better. That is a temp. It's like eating cotton candy and saying that you're full, and then 30 minutes later being like, yo, I'm hungry again. It's the <laughs> same exact thing. That's what. That's what I think society has sort of structured us to be. That if we spend money on these things, these things will make us feel better. But what I'm suggesting are experiences, not things. Because I believe the experiences are what make people feel lighter, feel happier, have those playful moments. Not the things. You're a grown adult. What are you going to do with a bag? You're going to look at it. You're going to put some stuff in it. And that's going to be the end of it. The bag's just going to sit there on top of your table. Now, I'm not saying don't buy it if you really want it. I would say if you were going to drop that money on a bag, what else could you spend that money on instead? That might be something you haven't done before. Is it a concert you've always wanted to see? Is it a trip you could take? Is like, what could you do with that instead that would be more rewarding and fulfilling for your life? So I always struggle with the way that we drive consumption in this society to buy things all the time. When I think, like you said, we could look at the sky for free. Yeah. Just put a blanket on the ground and look up at the sky. Go look at a lake. Go look at an ocean. All of that is free. So I don't think we necessarily have to you have this huge investment in money in order to get the things that I'm trying to hopefully get people to achieve. Okay. And then you're flowing perfectly into the next question. So <laughs> we're talking about finding cheap ways to have fun. And so let's move into everybody's favorite topic, which is dating. Right now, um... There's so many complaints on social media about how no one can find a mate or a spouse or whatever. And a conversation that my husband and I have all the time is how I never know what I want to do. I never know where I want to go. You know, if it's up to me, date night would be us taking a nap. And I mean, it's just, <laughs> it just gets that bad sometimes. So you, in my mind, are like the guru on fun. What are some suggestions do you have, I guess, for me, too, as well as some of the listeners, as um, fun date ideas that are different and a little more creative? Yeah, so I'm, you probably read my tweets because I'm one of those people out here that can't find, like, a guy that I want to stay with, like, long term. <laughs> so my thing is, I've been on lots of first dates and not really wanted to do a second date with people. And my thing is, I'm not the person who likes to do the traditional drinks with someone because I feel for me, like I don't like to have just small talk. I like to have real conversation and yeah. first date typically, I could just hand you my resume. It's like, my God, just read this <laughs> over. If you see anything that vibes with it, then pick something and let's have a conversation about it. But I hate that same, where are you from? Oh, you're Latin, where, where, what Latin are you? It's just like, none of those things matter. Like it doesn't, yeah. it's not, 
it's not a predictor of whether or not we're going to have chemistry and have a, a good relationship, right? Mm-hmm. So I think so much of that is really boring. So I like things that are more, like, interactive. Like, let's go to a Dave & Buster's. Let's go to a, a, I love sports. Let's go to any kind of sporting event. Because you start to see, like, people's dispositions, like, in games. I had a date one time with this guy, and I'm a huge Yankees fan, and he buys tickets. And I didn't ask for it. He bought tickets to this playoff game where the Yankees were playing. And that game was going to be, if the Yankees lost, it would be the end of the season. Mm-hmm. So I kid you not, the first pitch, and I'll never forget this, is supposed to happen at 8.07. At 8.04, he stands up and says, you want to go walk around the stadium? <laughs> no, my God, I do not want to walk around the stadium. I want to see the first pitch that's happening in three minutes. What are you talking about? And that was, like, a real indicator to me, oh, this guy really isn't a sports fan. He just pretended to be a sports fan because he thought this would be a better date. But now when I'm actually here to watch the game, your man wants to go walk around the stadium right before the first pitch. So I think you start to kind of get a sense of who people are outside of, like, traditional drinks. So I would say do something you've never done before. Go to Groupon. Go to Living Social. And try one of those quirky, eccentric, random things that they always have listed and just try it. Because even if you hate it, you and your husband or if somebody else is listening, you and whoever you're dating will have a story that comes out of it. Oh, yeah. Even if the story is that was terrible, that shit was horrible, we could never do that again. But that in <laughs> and of itself becomes like a funny moment that you have together. So it becomes less about the activity and more about like that shared experience together. Oh my gosh, that is so. That, so I'm wait, cause he took you to a baseball game and he did not want to watch the game. No, that is he did. That's horrible. That's a waste of money. He it was such a waste of money because <laughs> Yankee games are already expensive, let alone a Yankee playoff. Game. Yeah. And you got, uh, then he stand. What kills me the most is that he stands up when he announces he wants to walk around. Your guy was six eleven. Everybody can see him <laughs> when he stood up. And I'm like, yo, I'm not walking around. I'm sorry. We can walk around later, but we're not going to walk around for this first pitch. And I ended up in around the fifth inning walking around the damn stadium with them. Oh, God. that That's not – oh, that's crazy. But what's funny that you, you mentioned a baseball game, my husband and I's first unofficial date was a quote-unquote group date to a baseball game. <laughs> See, look at that, and now you guys are married. <laughs> oh yeah, it was it was awkward to say the least because it was obvious that we were attracted to one another, and there was one other person with us because the group date group part didn't happen. <laughs> <laughs> and um, and it was it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. That was my first. I think it was my first baseball game, and so okay. it was it was See? pretty cool. And I bet you didn't ask to go walk around before the first pitch. I don't even think we. I don't think we went anywhere. I think that it was like uh, what was it Dollar Thursday. So they had beer, and so they were, you know, going back and forth to get that. But I was actually pretty into the game. I played softball horribly in high school, and um, <laughs> it was, you know, a little nostalgic for me. But it was definitely a lot of fun. You reminded me of a good a good time. See, there you go. So maybe you got to do that again. That is so cool. All right, so we're nearing the end, but before we go, I want you to be able to tell the people what's going on with you, what's next for you want to do what. Sure. So 
I have lots of ideas. It's really interesting. I just reached my first year anniversary episode. So if anybody wants to check it out or maybe even start with one episode, I would suggest that one. It's episode 52 because I've changed my entire life in a year by just starting this podcasting thing. It didn't cost a lot of money. In the beginning, I sounded awful, like a hot mess, the hottest. No, you didn't. No, you didn't. But I grew every single week, right? So I would say what I share in that episode are 13 lessons learned from a year of changing my life. And I think that that can happen for anybody. You just have to focus not on, okay, today is July and what is going to happen in July 2019. It's just what do I want to happen week to week? Yeah. And that's how I approached it. I just said, I'm releasing an episode this week, and then I'm going to release one next week, and then the week after that, and that's all I did. And as I started to do that, then I said, okay, what if I tried to do this, or try to connect with this group of people, or apply for this program? And it wasn't this huge plan. It was just, let me start rolling, see what this feels like, and then see what other opportunities happen. And so that's what I've been doing. So right now... I'm in Seattle talking to you. I am part of an NPR fellowship program, which is early career journalism program, which is crazy because I've been in corporate America doing nothing related to journalism my entire <laughs> life. And again, it just goes back to all of the things that can happen when you bet on yourself. So that's one of the things I hope to learn a lot while I'm here and part of this program and hopefully start to create either with my existing podcast or with a future podcast, I would like to go out and do reporting where I'm going to the story. So I'm originally from the Bronx and I would love to start telling the story of people from the Bronx. I feel like we're the forgotten borough. We're the borough with the most minority people. So we have the majority of black and brown people in the Bronx. And I wanna start telling those stories and I want to be able to go there and actually start doing it. So hopefully that's something that you could see in the next year. So keep your fingers crossed because it's a lot of time and a lot of money. And I don't have either. But we're <laughs> going to see what we can do to make it happen. That is an awesome idea. We, um, My producer and I discussed capturing those kinds of stories. Because we know that if we don't tell our own stories, no one is going to tell it for us and tell it accurately. And so you wanting to tell the story of the Bronx is pretty much what we discuss when we're talking about telling these Southern, you know, these Mississippi and these Louisiana stories. Um, That is awesome. I'll tell you this, actually. I would love to go to the South and tell the stories of people in the South as well. Because I think coming from the city, but having traveled throughout the entire United States, Mm -hmm. the people in the city do not understand the stories of the people in the South. And I, I... it always kind of bothers me because I think that a big part of our, our problems in society, period, is that we don't try to understand each other. Yeah. And therefore, it's like we have all this conflict. So I have a camera. I kind of do a little photography thing on the side. And I've always wanted to go to the South and connect with people there and tell the story so that people in the city can listen to me from the city, but actually talking to people in the South to be like, look, a lot of the struggles that we face, it's just environment that's different. But exactly. a lot of the problems we have are exactly the same. Exactly so, the same. look, let's just start to create this bridge of understanding be- between each other. And so, you know, I have that idea as well. But again, time and money. So we'll see what happens, right? Well, yeah, you know, you can always come to Jackson. We are here all the time because we don't go anywhere. 
<laughs> no, I would love it. Once I learn how to record and actually make it sound okay when I'm outside so that I can capture the voices without them fading and then I go back to the studio and I'm like, oh, I couldn't hear anything this person said. I want to actually go and do that. And I would love to take my vacation time and spend it in these ways. That is really, that is super, super cool. All right, and so before you go, how can the people reach you? Sure. So the podcast is called You Wanna Do What? So W A N N A, Do What? And you can find youwannadowhat.com. All the social media handles Facebook and Instagram are You Wanna Do What? And Twitter, because they won't let me be great, is You Wanna Do What? One, the number one. So reach out to me, slide in my DMs, send me a, a private message on Facebook. But I love hearing from people. And if there's certain show topics that you want me to explore or guests that you want me to try to bring on, I'm happy to do that because, you know, together I'm just trying to trying to help everybody just live a little bit better. All right. And so thank you so much for coming on the show. I hope you've enjoyed the time with us. I've enjoyed my time with you. So have I. It's been a pleasure. I could talk to you forever. I'm looking at the time. I'm like, that's it. We're done already. It's been great. <laughs> All right. So it's time for this week's cheat sheet. So if you're in a rush and you need to get into the meat and bones of what we've talked about this week here it is so this week we were talking about how to have fun as an adult and why you should want to have fun as an adult so first off you have to understand that having a break from work is necessary in order for you to be more productive more creative and essentially make more money you have paid time off days you need to use those days, especially if they are the ones that disappear at the end of every year. You not using these days is essentially taking money out of your pocket and leaving money on the table for your boss to do whatever they will with it. This week, we talked to Monica from You Want to Do What? She has a great podcast. So if you have not listened to her, you need to listen to her. And we were talking about having fun as adults in different ways to get that accomplished. So Monica said that we need to make sure that we're doing things that make us happy, that instill that creativity in us and remind us of how great it is to be kids. Because often as adults, we complain about not being children, but don't take an opportunity to be quote unquote childlike. So when it comes down to choosing what you're going to do, do something that is going to create an experience for you to remember rather than just a dent in your wallet or bank account. This week's jam of the week was Summertime by DJ Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh Prince. Listen to it and it'll definitely get you in the mindset to go somewhere and have a good time. And that's it for this week's episode of WTF IDK Podcast. I've been your host, Chris, and I appreciate you joining me while we talk about different ways for us to have fun as adults. So what do you do for fun? Specifically, I need you guys to help me out with date night options. Um, My husband and I are trying to do something at least once a month without the kids. So what should we do? Because we have no idea. Let me know on social media at WTFIDKpod. And this is Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And if you don't social media, let me know via email at WTFIDKpodcast at gmail.com. And while you're listening, please remember to rate, comment, download, subscribe, and share the podcast. I definitely appreciate it.